0: Hi, this is Regaline Sabat, also known as Gigi. You're listening to Walk With Me podcast. My guest today is R.L. Shaver. RL Schauver is a speaker and author. RL is also a father of two boys and the proud husband of Stephanie. Welcome to the show, RL.
1: Thank you, Gigi. I'm excited to be on here. I've been I've been pumped about this since I met you.
0: Likewise, it's such an honor to have you here today. Now, why don't you start off by telling us more about you and where you are from?
1: So I am a middle child, which actually tells a lot about me, which means I'm kind of the, you know, I have a lot of middle child syndrome. Um, I grew up in Southern West Virginia. Uh, It took me a long time to learn to wear shoes. Um, (laughs) I live in Pittsburgh now. Uh, I work in data um software data finance kind of a weird intersection um i like to joke that i am an overthinker who's turned that into a career
0: i love it very powerful now tell us more about your book for this child i have prayed six heart surgeries 18 months yeah tell us more about it
1: so when my son was born uh, he was diagnosed with two congenital heart defects, which means he just mean congenital just means he was born with them. And he, um, you know, we were thinking everything's going to be okay. Uh, I'm a man of faith. Um, so we'd been, I'd been praying that everything was going to be good. And at two and a half months, Samuel turned blue. Um, we rushed him to the hospital <coughs> and then they tell us, Hey, your son's going for open heart surgery. And, not only is he going for open heart surgery, but his—it's not even going to be a permanent fix. It's a temporary fix to get him old enough to where we can do a, a real fix. And so the two, to make matters worse, the two um, heart defects played off of each other. So let's just say this was a, a testing period of my faith, and I learned a lot about God, and I learned a lot about how to to wage war in faith, to stand on God's promises, and say, "Hey." God, what you say is true, even in the face of rushing back and forth to the hospital. And uh, you know, I came out of that, and I I learned a ton. And I wanted to share that. I wanted to share the story, and I wanted to say, "Hey, this is what I learned. This is how I learned to fight. This is the things that that changed in me." And I wanted to share that for people. And I I know you wanted me to show pictures of the books. This is the hardcover, and this is the soft cover.
0: I love it. Very powerful, and. You mentioned a story in there that's very powerful. Talk to us about the Black Work Boot story.
1: The Black Work... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was actually in the the preface in the early part. So, um, you know, I I grew up in like Baptist churches, you know, Um, and like they had altar calls like every Sunday. And so like I went forward when I was six. But I don't know if, like, I don't think I was really saved because there wasn't really a whole lot of change in me um, at that point. Uh, when I was 15, like, I went through all these things. Um, I'd gotten involved in some things, like, hanging around buddies that I really shouldn't have been hanging around, and then... Um, Actually, I just like I had some buddies that were getting like delving into witchcraft and like playing around with that stuff. And what really challenged me was that I actually had a friend of uh, one of the girls that sat next to me. She I mentioned her in the stories. She's the the jean dress uh, girl, um, the jean skirt girl or whatever. Um, she actually got a copy of the book because I was like, you're in the book. And she was so excited. But anyway, long story short, um, she was sitting right next to us. And I knew she was a Christian. And I was like, she's probably really scared of this stuff. And you know, the craziest thing, like she was sitting next to me and I was like, and I didn't even asked her, I was like, you're scared of this stuff, aren't you? And she's like, why would I be scared of that? And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, that stuff can't hurt me. My my God's bigger. So I was super challenged. I was like, wow, I thought that stuff was wild. This girl's got something going on. This is amazing. And so like I spent the next summer trying to be a Christian, like, trying to live right, trying to do things right, all this stuff. And I just, it was, it was exhausting and then um my dad had been harping me all summer dad you got you should start running you should start running so i finally the day of football practice i go out for a run and i lace up some boots and um go out white socks black work boot or black black combat boots or whatever yeah not very cool especially the shorts but um i come back and uh this this the socks were stained um because they were cheap leather boots and so they stained them and I was like, crap. Dad's always said I, I was just, I was dealing with so much anxiety at the time. So much like I have to be perfect. I have to be to do everything right to be a Christian. And then, um, I, I tried, I took those socks. I put them in the sink. I put some, got some dish soap and I was like scrubbing them, trying to get them clean. And they just, they were stained. They couldn't, wouldn't come out. Um, but at the time this was like, I was freaking out about this cause I was trying to do things perfectly. And, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you're not going to do that. Like that same sin in your life, sin in your life is exactly like the stains on these socks and you can't get it out on your own. And right then and there, I said, Hey, you're right, Jesus. You're right. I can't do this on my own. So yeah.
0: And you talk about not doing things alone. How important is it to understand that God is in control and to give our battles to him talk to us
1: yeah you know that was a big part of that was a big part of my journey was like just trusting God and saying God you've got this uh, I trust that you're going to handle this and then as I moved forward and started to understand what faith was about it it became a thing where I learned to actually operate and work with God and 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 I learned to wage war in faith with him. So it wasn't just him. It was me and him working together, you know?
0: Amen. And what would you tell someone who's looking to build a relationship with him? Where can they start to build a relationship with God?
1: Oh man, (laughs) probably the easiest is just to say, God, I want to know you. You would not believe the number of people who um, I've heard stories of, of who've said, you know, God, if you're real, speak to me. And you know what? God's spoken to them. God's led them to him. God's inserted himself into their life when they asked. So it starts out with asking. It starts out with saying, God, I need you. Um, and then from there, uh, definitely dig into your Bible. I mean, there's a lot of things you can do, but I mean, hold on one second. I have someone who wants to say hi.
0: I see your son has joined us. Hello. Here, come <laughs> say hi. He's doing a cameo. <laughs>
1: Hey, don't, don't take this. Don't take this. Yeah, I know. Right when we're on live, right? Samuel, don't. Samuel, stop. I want this light on.
0: Welcome, Samuel.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: For the Welcome podcast.
1: Yeah. And he's gone. Um, yeah. The number, like the number yeah. one thing is just to ask. I mean, when it comes to, when it comes to God, I mean, it's about relationship. It's not about doing things perfect. And that's one of the things I got wrong even after I gave my life to him as I just, I. I still got it wrong. I still thought it was all about me and how good I did. It's not. It's not at all. Like the reason that God doesn't want you to do bad things is because he knows they hurt you and they're bad for you. Like he doesn't want you to lie because it hurts your relationships. He doesn't want you to steal because it hurts your relationships and uh, hurts other people. He doesn't, you know, it's, it's one of those things like, what you do is not really as much as of importance. Yeah, I mean, if you're doing things that you know is wrong, I mean, stop. They're not good things. But the number one thing is is to seek out a relationship. And it's funny because I feel like I still have to remind myself of that, even at 38 years old after being a Christian since I was like 15. Like I still have to remember that it's all about relationship with God. You know, am I spending time with Him? Am I talking to Him? Am I doing things to, to show him that I love him.
0: Amen. Having a relationship with God truly matters. Very powerful. Now talk to us more about the major challenge that you had to overcome in your life. (laughs) Which one? (laughs) Oh my goodness. You remind me of, of, of a previous guest. And I asked her, tell me about a challenge and she she said something very similar because she had so many challenges she had to overcome. Bless her heart. Bless her heart. And so that's the thing about right life. That's the thing about life, right? We go through all these challenges, but we need to leave the past in the past, take the lesson with us so that we don't continue to repeat those same experiences over and over again. And so come on. I'm really looking forward. Do any of the challenges that you're looking to share with us today? Are, um... Yeah,
1: I'll I'll share all of them um, that you want to hear, but I probably probably don't have time for that. Um, <laughs> you know, I've, I've struggled with a lot of things in life, um, a lot of things that came from, you know, part of the reason I mentioned like my parents and what they came through. My, my mom was a, a child, one of six. She has um, she's such a lovely, sweet lady, but she has probably the worst middle child syndrome I've ever seen. Um, she just doesn't think she's good enough. She doesn't think she's loved. She doesn't, you know, she struggles with a lot of that and she's gotten a lot better, you know, but she's struggled with that because growing up, her parents divorced. Um, dad, my dad's dad was an alcoholic. He was a CB. He lost his brother, his only brother, and he just turned to alcohol for the rest of his life. So it was really hard for both mom and dad growing up. And the reason I share that is because I took a lot of the things from them and I internalized a lot of that. I am a super deep thinker um, and I had a terrible self-image. Probably one of the biggest struggles I've I struggled with was um, a good self-image and a good self-image in everything. How good self-image when it comes to like relationships, when it comes to my work, when it comes to knowing what's pride and what's not pride? What's humility? What's not humility? Um, gosh, I, uh, my self-image was so bad that I just, I couldn't even talk to people. I couldn't look people in the eye. Um, especially not girls. (laughs) I was super scared of girls when I was in uh, high school and in college. It was pretty bad. Um, and I think for me, the number one things that I found out was just digging into how much God loves me. And when I started to see myself in the that my God is great. And he built me in his self image. Um, and that he loves me unconditionally. Like that's, that's when things started to change with my self image. Uh, some of my other struggles in my, my, let's see, my last job, things were crazy. Um, that was a, that was even a big self-image thing too, because I would, I would continue to work hard and then not get a reward and then think that, well, maybe they'll give it to me down the line. Maybe they'll get to whatever. The cool thing is, is like, I, I definitely leveled up and got a bunch of good skill sets. But the bad thing is, is I came away with a lot of hurts because I kept expecting something different when they would repeatedly shown that they weren't going to give that, you know, something different what I should have done is I should have realized that, um, it's not even about things about that lawn that, you know, people never change. People do change, but the big part of the problem with with that is that when I'm depending on somebody else's paycheck, um, and I'm saying, Hey, I'm expecting them to do better. I need to force them to do better. And even if that means leaving, finding something else, getting away from bad environments, it's a really important thing. Um, one of the struggles that I still struggle with is uh, I've struggled with my weight a lot. I've worked really hard on that one. I struggle being a good dad. Um, my oldest son lives with his mom. Um, and it's it just struggle. I mean, we, we have a great relationship and we've worked really hard. But it's really tough sometimes to just be a good dad. You know? <laughs>
0: Very I seem to have had a technical issue here, but RL, now, please tell us more about how can individuals walk with purpose and live a life of happiness?
1: Mm -hmm. That's a great question. Um, You know, one of my favorite passages in the Bible, and forgive me, I know I'm like quoting a lot of Bible here. So if you don't like that, I apologize. It's just, it's the books that I've studied the most. I've studied a lot of books. Um, but one of the passages talks about that the, it talks about in relationship to the church, but it, I think it can apply to a lot of things. It talks about how every single person has their own unique skill sets. It's first Corinthians 12. It's right before the love chapter, which is quoted a lot, but it talks about how each, each and every single person is really important and what they have has value in very unique ways. And one of the things that I, that I think people really have a hard time realizing Um, because we don't teach it super well in our society, is that the way you're gifted, the skill sets that you have, the desires of your heart and the things that you want to do are really, really important. They, by doing those things, by operating those things, you have the ability to walk with purpose. You have the ability to walk with joy, knowing that, hey, I'm doing the things that I was designed to do. Because some people, like that passage actually talks about it as the church being a body, and that some people were feet, some people were ears, some people were mouth, some people were hands. And if you're a hand and you're trying to act like a mouth, then you're not going to feel very fulfilled. You're not going to feel very happy. You're going to feel very frustrated. So I think that's a key element to walking with joy and with purpose. And another side of that is just, just know that like, you are doing things that are right and holy um, to do things that God's leading you to do, which means that you need to have a relationship with him. And um, with those things though, I mean, it's, it's kind of cool that everything you do, you know, has purpose and value and it's really pretty exciting, whether it be putting the dishes away or um, starting a podcast, you know?
0: Amen. Very powerful. Now, RL, thank you for being a guest on Walk With Me Podcast. Where can the audience find you?
1: Um, Easiest way is RLShavar.com. That's R-L-S-H-A-W-V-E-R. Nobody can spell my name. (laughs) (laughs) I like to say there's a West Virginia in it um, because there's a W-V-E and because that's where everybody messes up. Uh, You can also find me on Facebook.
0: Excellent. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure to check out RL at RLShawber.com. And RL, thank you again for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast. You have a blessed day. Thanks, Gigi. You're welcome.